everyone and welcome to this podcast in celebration of World Seagrass Day with Project Seagrass and CGI. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Leanne Cullen-Unsworth, the CEO of Project Seagrass, and Peter Van Setten from CGI, who's one of our specialist space data platform engineers. So first of all, Leanne, over to you and, uh, and, and maybe tell us a bit about Project Seagrass, who you are and what you do. Thank you. We are a Wales-based but internationally facing marine conservation charity dedicated essentially to the protection and restoration of seagrass systems in the UK and overseas. Um, our core pillars are around community research and action. Um, where we aim for everything that we do on the ground and everything that we support to be entirely supported by solid science-based um, evidence. Um, so we are active scientists, we support science um, and we use the latest science to inform our um, restoration, protection and outreach initiatives that we do on the ground where, as far as possible, we partner with um, multiple stakeholders, but um, key for us is working with local communities um, in particular areas um, together towards seagrass protection. Excellent. And what active uh, seagrass restoration or projects have you got un under the way at the moment? At the moment, we've we've got some um, very exciting projects. Um, it's, it's a it's, it's a great year for us for for Project Seagrass and for Seagrass generally. We have a large project at the moment that's just starting to roll out in across North Wales, um, where we're aiming to restore or to plant across ten hectares um, along the North Wales coast. Um, we're also working in the Firth of Forth in Scotland with another big project for roughly five hectares as, as a start point. Um, we have a small project on the east coast of England um, in and around Essex area, um, mainly looking at trialing restoration and looking for appropriate sites. Um, we're working on the south coast as well in the Solent. Um, that's more, it's a small restoration project aiming for around 1.5 hectares. But the idea there is around the science and improving our restoration methods. So our planting methods, essentially. Um, so there's lots of stuff going on. We've also um, supporting some projects internationally where we're, we're working with national partners on the ground, um, working to provide an evidence base for seagrass protection in particular regions. That's great. And and so what exactly does a seagrass restoration project look like? How how do you restore seagrass? Um, well, <laughs> on the face of it, I guess it, it sounds simple planting seagrass seeds, but um, actually it's, it's quite a complex and expensive uh, process to undertake. Um, and the restoration works wonderful, but I just can't emphasize how much how important it is to protect this amazing resource that we already have in some areas because um, we have got wonderful seagrasses across the UK and internationally um, they're beautiful beautiful environments full of life full of biodiversity um, but we do you know have a huge problem in that we have lost and are continuing to lost huge lose sorry huge amounts of seagrass across its range um in the uk we've lost up to um best estimates up to around 92 percent of our seagrass coverage over the past 
hundred years. Um, and so that's why there is this need now to put back. Um, and the restoration itself involves collecting seeds from healthy meadows um, in the first instance. We're also working on the development of um, a seagrass nursery in Wales, where um, at some point in the future, we would hope that we can grow seagrass successfully enough that um, the volume of seeds produced there and the shoots produced there, we can use that to, to towards the restoration um, in the field. But um, we collect the seeds. Uh, one of the main methods we use is we put the seeds in small hessian bags that are filled with sand. And at the right time of year, we plant those out and then wait and watch and hope for the best germination that we can achieve. Yeah, and it was really exciting to see some of our members out at various sites around the UK actually helping you with that activity because you're always looking for, for more help because it's quite a quite a manual intensive process, isn't it? It is. It is enormously labour intensive. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's been it's been great. I think that we've had support from your members on, on a number of things um, from the restoration to some nutrient analysis work and uh, cleaning and processing seeds. But yeah, we, you know, for the 10 hectares across North Wales, we're, we're talking about 500,000 seeds per hectare minimum is what we need. Um, and at the moment, all those seeds are collected by hand um, delicately so that there's no damage. We, we are working on ways to mechanise this process. Um, but going forwards over the next couple of years, we are going to need huge amounts of people helping us to collect, to hit those millions of seeds that we need for the restoration work. It's also fairly intensive getting them in the ground as well. Um, processing the seeds needs a, a lot of people power. Um, so we do need support along the whole route from seed collection to seeds back in the sea. Mm, fascinating. So, so this World Seagrass Day, you know, what does it mean? How, how has it come about? Yeah, this is so exciting for everyone. Anyone that's involved in seagrass will understand how exciting this is and, and why we're, we're so excited about this. Um, it's been a long time coming. We've been informally celebrating, or, you know, a large group of international seagrass scientists um, and NGOs have been informally celebrating World Seagrass Day um, on the 1st of March Um for many years just as a day to shout louder and share things um, and connect around and celebrate seagrass um, as the amazing thing that it is. Um, but this year on the 1st of March, um, finally we've had um, Sri Lanka put forward um, seagrass as a nominated um, celebration day to the UN. So the United Nations have now formally ratified that um, and it is officially World Seagrass Day on the 1st of March. Um, it's great timing because we've also informally and will continue informally to celebrate the whole of March as Seagrass Awareness Month. Um, so there is an awful lot going on um, and there's going to be a lot of celebration around seagrass. Um, that's fantastic news. Great to have it formally recognised by the UN. That's 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 great. So So how do you know where seagrass is what is your you know sort of current process to work out which meadows need restoration and, and which ones are uh, under challenge yeah so this this is this is actually one of the major challenges for seagrass is knowing 
where it is. Um, it's a very, although it's very, it's a very widespread habitat. Um, you know, it occurs pretty much globally. It's on every continent apart from Antarctica, but across that range it's patchy um, and it's also quite a dynamic habitat so things change rapidly you do get seasonal natural seasonal fluctuations in terms of size and density of seagrass meadows throughout the year um, in temperate temperate regions Um, and so knowing where it is is critical so that we can monitor change and we can monitor change that is not natural um, and any negative impacts that are occurring um, in and around seagrass. But we also need to know where it is because we need the best estimates possible in terms of the size of meadows um, and the health of meadows because that feeds directly into those, you know, supporting the current biodiversity and climate crisis we need to know how much biodiversity is supported so we need to know how big our meadows are how dense they are we really need better figures on carbon as well as carbon sequestration rates um, within seagrass meadows but for those for that data to be collected um, the key thing is knowing where seagrass is and how it's changing Um, so at the moment we use um, drone surveys which have been a game changer for us because that does allow us to map and survey seagrass at a quick pace um, and um, covering a much larger area than we could by hand, essentially, um, using dive surveys and snorkel surveys or on-ground surveys on foot. Um, And so that allowing us to do things at a slightly bigger scale but you're still talking relatively small areas Um, and so what we really need um, to improve the mapping and this needs to happen globally um, is really good remote sensing data Um, and there I you know there there are many challenges to this but that's why this partnership with CGI is amazing because we can be on the ground um, taking the measurements of what what's actually there doing the ground truthing but we really need help to scale that up now no that's 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 a really good point and thanks for introducing our work which i think is a perfect time to go over to peter so hi peter why don't you give a bit about your background first of all and and what exactly is you know remote sensing hi steve thanks very much yes so as you said in the introduction i am a uh, software engineer in cgi's space data platforms and earth observation unit um, so I'm mainly working on the back end and looking at how to orchestrate um, the processing tasks for all of this remote sensing and earth observation data. Um, and particularly, I've come from a, a space background. So uh, we do a lot with satellite imagery. Um, a lot of free satellite imagery is coming out of um, the European Union's Copernicus program uh, or the Landsat from um, from the US. So we've been building for the last several years, five, ten years, um, platforms for processing huge volumes of imagery essentially so taking these these images with different spectra and different um, instruments on board and trying to get something useful out of that um, which makes it great for um, and this particularly it's it's great for um, for monitoring large areas very very quickly um, and that's kind of where the seagrass uh, the seagrass project has come in because um, I mean as we've just heard that it's um, it's been really um, a game changer to use things like drones for for surveying seagrass but if we could scale that up and do that 
at a, a country scale or you know hundreds of kilometers in a in a single day um it would be amazing really um so fortunately that's the sort of thing that i've been working on uh, for the last six or seven years um and that's how i got into this project yeah that's great peter and so yeah we've been we've been working with project seagrass now for all oh, about 12 12 to uh, 18 months um working on our on our remote sensing capability and the algorithm talk us through sort of the journey that we've been on on so far and uh, and and some of the uh, the difficult problems that we've been uh, been working on together yes well um so the, the original kind of mission that we came in with was to to see exactly what we could do really how can we use our expertise and and some of the technologies that we are very familiar with to support project seagrass um so the first thing that we kind of saw as an obvious one is to um is to get started with some of our, our cl cloud processing platforms um, get an instance of cgi's geodata 360 deployed um, and start configuring that with seagrass specific processing services uh, so we we started by um, doing a, a kind of a fairly standard Earth observation project for us, uh, which is finding an algorithm, an interesting um, bit of maths that we can put in a box and uh, and run on some satellite imagery um, repeatedly and at scale. Uh, we found some useful seagrass monitoring algorithms in the in the academic literature. So we were monitoring, um, or rather than monitoring, we were trying to measure um, particularly intertidal seagrass. So we're looking at um, in a given area from um, some satellite image how much of this image is seagrass and how uh, and what is the biomass of that seagrass so these are important metrics obviously for knowing ultimately how much carbon can be sequestered or um, or what where conservation might have to occur because we can track this over time as well um, so as i say this is this paper was looking mainly at intertidal seagrass so seagrass that grows in the the space between low and high tide um, which means that it's only exposed for a part of the day, every day. Um, and unfortunately for us, that's a kind of a problem for satellite-based remote sensing because the satellites don't pass over um, in conjunction with tide times. Everything's always moving, it's very dynamic. Um, and we found that it was not impossible, but very, very difficult to get a kind of a systematic, regular um, identification or measurement of seagrass in this intertidal zone. Um, essentially, when you combine that with other factors like um, cloud coverage or water turbidity, so sediment stirred up by tides or water movement, um, in a whole year of, of imagery over, a, over one particular site, you could get maybe half a dozen, maybe 10 good pictures of uh, yeah, the, the water at low tide with no cloud and, and all these other things. Mm, so um, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's a real challenge to do this kind of thing with a very specific goal like that. But obviously, we're, you know, we, we understand that and we can try to deal with, um, with various constraints. So we've, um, we've been kind of extending and taking that, that mission f uh, further forward. So we're trying to do other things that are a bit more useful to us. So that could be um, looking at larger data scales. So taking more than one year at a time and trying to find all of the best um, the best images from a, a wider time frame, um, but also trying to find algorithms that work through the water column that can look through water and do something useful there, um, which is, it's not ideal, but um, especially not for something like uh, percentage coverage or biomass measurement, because the water affects the, 
the spectrum that is being reflected by the seagrass. So we might be able to tell that the seagrass is there, but we wouldn't get an accurate number on on how much of it's there or how healthy it is. Hmm. But fortunately, that's also a really important thing to know. Where is the seagrass? Uh, and that's kind of our, our current um, our current drive and the algorithm that we're developing at the moment. So this is something that we haven't been able to to find an existing paper on or existing model for. So we're um, we're developing this ourselves. Um, and making some good progress. So yeah, just to recap there, so the intertidal yeah. region when when the when the seagrass is exposed, you know that 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 was our that was our first start. And since those early days, Peter, have you added any any other data to improve the results? Yes. Yeah, so the the way that we've been working it um, now, we're developing this this algorithm to to detect seagrass rather than just measure it. Um, we've been using a, a machine learning model which takes um, uh, a whole lot of input data from as many sources as we can find. So we've been adding a lot of environmental data. So this includes things like bathymetry, the depth of the water, because that's obviously key for where seagrass grows. Um, things like substrate, the type of sediment that's on the, the seafloor, because that's important for where seagrass grows. Um, looking at tidal models for water depth. Um, and fortunately, all of this stuff has been combined into a, a habitat suitability model which um, Project Seagrass and the University of Swansea have created, which covers the whole of the UK. And it says we're very likely to find seagrass here and we're not very likely to find seagrass there. And so we combine this with the satellite imagery um, to say, you know, these are the kind of the inputs to a machine learning training model. Um, and then we need to combine this with what we call the ground truth data. So the, the in situ readings that say, absolutely, Mr. Computer, you can find seagrass in this bit of um, the image here and with all of this environmental supporting data. So this ground truth data is um, is pretty key to the whole thing. We've been getting that from Project Seagrass, um, which perhaps Leanne can uh, fill us in a bit more on. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, we, we're collecting data from all the sites that we work in across the UK, but obviously for us, there, there are key areas that we work. Um, North Wales, as I've mentioned, is, is a big one for us. Um, so we do a lot of work in Portland's line in North Wales. And this this is a spectacular meadow. It's um, an intertidal that runs into the subtidal meadow. Um, and it's Certainly, it's my favourite meadow. It's, it's one of the most beautiful ones we've got in the UK. But um, this area, we have a lot of um, long-term data from and we have an ongoing monitoring programme there. Um, so we have quarterly... Um, excuse me, quarterly monitoring programme where we go and look at seagrass extent and health um, along uh, permanent transects in a particular area of the meadow. But we've also started to go up there more regularly with our drone so that we can get a bigger picture of that meadow um, on the ground from just a, a wider view of the site. And this is something that, that we're trying to do, do across our sites. Um, and it's, it's easy for us to to collect and share this data in the places that we're working anyway. But because seagrass is so widespread and patchy, we do really, really need support from the public, um, citizen scientists getting involved with seagrass monitoring or at its most simple, getting involved in just going out and taking photographs for us using seagrass spotter so that we get a geo-referenced picture that we can then use and can feed into that ground truth in for other areas around the UK. Yeah, and then we can take that ground truth data um, and use it both to train our model, but also to validate what our processing services are doing. So the idea is that we can build up a, an increasingly confident 
um, picture of, of seagrass from space, um, which hopefully will feed back into into a lot more of your activities, Leah. Yeah, I mean, the, the the more of that that we can get, the better. Um, and I think it's just really important that we keep that two-way process going. Um, we'll feed in what we can from the ground so that we can strengthen that data that we get back. That's fascinating. So, Peter, what's next for the platform? Where are we going to go uh, over over the next few months? So we've got a, a few goals. Um, obviously, we want to keep on improving the, the accuracy of this, this detection algorithm, this monitoring. Um, and once we've got to a sort of a suitable point with that, we want to really kind of expand the scope. We want to get something more useful than just being able to say, here is seagrass and here is no seagrass. Um, we want to be able to look at sort of a time series picture. Can we look at the same seagrass meadow growing or shrinking through time? Um, because a lot of these satellite um, satellite imagery repositories have archives going back many years. And we can start to, yeah, hopefully feedback directly into the Project Seagrass um, conservation activities by being able to measure the impact they're having. Um, but also feedback into um, other stakeholders like local governments or, or harbour authorities who might be concerned that their activities are causing a shrink or a um, shrinking or loss of seagrass. We can we want to start measuring that sort of thing and put some some real world impacts on the work we're doing. And that's yeah, really don't... critical for us from our perspective as well. You know, we need we need to restore and put back at scale, but we need to know what's happening at scale so that we can be very clear um, in what we're communicating and what needs to happen. Yeah, no, fundamental. If you if you don't know where the problems are happening, then you're not going to be able to protect it. So that's 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 great, Peter. So have we got some kind of news for World Seagrass Day here at CGI? Is it, are we going to be releasing anything? We do. We are going to be open sourcing our processing algorithms. Um, and I have to admit, I'm not a, a remote sensing expert. Um, I can do the, the back end and the, the plumbing together of the processing steps, um, but I don't really fully understand the science behind it, I'm happy to admit. Um, so we're, we're going to take the, the algorithms that we've developed, release them as open source to the public, um, and hopefully start to build some collaboration and some communication with other seagrass stakeholders. So we know, as uh, as we've already said, there's a lot of there are a lot of people um, investigating seagrass and doing very similar work to this. So we kind of want to start to build a community around the work we're doing, um, where we can all collaborate on these algorithms and and make them better together. Um, you know, to find out where we're going wrong, what we're doing poorly, um, but also hopefully find out what we're doing well and where we should keep on spending our efforts. And Leanne, how about you? Uh, is Project Seagrass doing anything uh, special for, for Seagrass Day? We are. We are. I think that, that everyone in the Seagrass world is doing something special um, for, for Seagrass Day this year. It's, it's really exciting. Um, for us, we're actually hosting um, a panel talk in the um, early afternoon where we've got experts from around the globe talking around the um, sort of six key challenges for seagrass and what it faces um, currently and the, the, this, what we see is the six main challenges that we need to address for seagrass systems. So that'll be really exciting for us. Um, we've also got someone um, from the UN Decade of um, Restoration, which we are partners on. So they will actually be attending and speaking at our panel as well. Um, and then we've got lots of exciting things happening in and around the day, um, various litter picks locally. We've got restoration work going on. Um, we'll be celebrating a lot that day. So people will hear a lot from us across all of our me media platforms um, on the 1st of March and throughout March. 
Excellent. So uh, it, it, have a look out for Project Seagrass's website and the announcements are there and, and equally look out for, for ours with the open sourcing of the algorithm. So big thanks to you, Leanne. Thank you. Thank you. And you, Peter. Thank you. And uh, we'll call it a wrap. Enjoy World Seagrass Day, everyone. Mm-hmm.